Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Welcome, Bijou, to the Limitless Soul podcast. So happy you're here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah. And if you're not um, seeing this visually right now, I love the background you have. You have so many plants. It's so pretty. I'm a crazy plant lady. (laughs) I love it. Like that one in the back looks like it's really thriving. (laughs) Yeah. I have a, in the, in a, in the winter time, I have to pull my plants inside uh, because we're in the East coast and, (laughs) and sometimes I just love them so much. I don't put them back outside until it's like perfect weather for them. (laughs) Yes. Good plant mommy. Mm -hmm. Um, so where are you located? You're on the East coast. Are you in like the Northeast or the Southeast? I'm in Virginia and I just moved here, uh, in the middle of like when COVID was first coming out. Uh, I lived in Austin for 15 years before that. So Texas girl born and bred. And then we bought, uh, 80 acres out in the blue Ridge mountains and just packed up and left. Wow. You kind of did the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Everybody's, uh, importing themselves into Austin right now. That's Mm. why I left. (laughs) Yeah. I I went to Texas state. So I grew up, did you really? Oh my gosh. Eat them up cats. No way. That's funny. Oh my God. I love it. What, what year were you there? Um, I was there from 2005 to 2009. What? Okay. So was I, what was your major mass communications and public relations? Oh, I almost did that. I was, uh, started that. And then I went to fashion merchandising and business, but I used to walk through that building all the time. That's so funny. Uh, Okay. That is too. Okay. This episode is about to get really (laughs) parallel universe or something. Um, yeah, I grew up down by the Gulf coast in Lake Jackson. And then I moved up to Texas state lived mm-hmm. in Austin for a while and now I live in Michigan. Oh, nice. Well, it's a good place to be when yeah. climate change hits. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, we will we'll either become the Arctic tundra or we'll be good. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, I'm so excited to talk about the integration of awareness through plants into business Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started? Because now you are in the space of working with plant medicine and supporting creatives and entrepreneurs and integration. Um, and obviously we both went to college together, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but kind of give us an idea of, uh, how you landed in this space going from working in branding and fashion to, Mm -hmm. uh, working with coaching and integration of plants. Yeah. So, um, it's funny growing up, my mom was a healer. Well, she still is a healer. And, um, I was very against all of that just because it felt not, um, grounded enough to me for some reason. Um, Mm -hmm. it could have just been our relationship, but, um, I think I come from a long line of women trying to heal their communities in different ways. And, um, I, I really, 
like diverted from that path to try to figure out my own um, soul's calling, even though I didn't know I was calling it that at that point. And I was really interested in um, people's stories and making them show the best side of themselves to the world to attract their tribe. Um, so I was definitely in interested in working with aesthetics and working with people and their personalities and making them feel better about themselves. But after a while, it just didn't align with my soul, the way that the fast fashion industry works and mm -hmm. how sometimes marketing makes people feel worse about themselves. And so that's when I started going into video production and helping people tell their stories and um, really polishing people's personal brands. And I realized in that coaching work that there are so many mental blocks and I had the same. So like imposter syndrome and worthiness and just like past trauma, like affecting how you're showing up to the world and uh, all these obligations making you feel like you need to stay a certain path because your family wants you to, or you spent a lot of money getting to that point. And it was really just supporting people in breaking patterns and understanding where they wanted to go um, forward. And um, I got really into optimization and that's how I found microdosing. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of um, imagining it as just a supplement for creativity and focus. And then I was like, wow, I went on this like major healing path and I started working with the with plant medicine in um, any way that I could, just so I could understand it to the best of my abilities. And in all of my work, I had some major life shifts, like major um, healing moments. And I really formed this bond with mushrooms. Um, it was really my my um, medicine of choice. And I really love it because it is gentle if you uh, dose it correctly and you can work up to where you get to the point where you can surrender in a beautiful way. And mm -hmm. I just started really working on it by myself. And then I got so passionate about it that I started working with my friends and family. And then I started integrating it into my work with my clients, like with my branding clients. And, um, and in that time, I realized that majority of people's blocks were either from their past or from their current relationships or environments. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I went into training with Layla Martin to understand um, relationship healing. And uh, then I got a facilitator training program um, at the same time, which was intense. Wow. But I now mix the two because I feel like for us to have a really beautiful, authentic, um, experience on this planet that we do need to dis discover what we actually desire and heal anything that's blocking us from actually getting there. And so I think that uh, you can call it sex, but it's like relationship, love, work, and psychedelics are two huge ways that I have healed myself and continue to heal myself into finding out uh, who am I and what do I want and how do I get there. Mm. Uh, so whenever you're blending the uh, microdosing and working with your clients, are you kind of setting them up on a protocol and then having like, like kind of like coaching sessions where mm -hmm. you're pulling out the awareness and having them like externalize almost? Yeah. So, um, there's two ways in which people work with me and, um, it's, it, I believe it's important or I've found that it's important that, 
you can just do it by yourself. You can have someone work on what's the appropriate strain for you, what's the appropriate dose, what's the appropriate protocol for you to try and really just help you dial it in and you work by yourself. But a lot of times things come up like things you haven't thought about in 40 years or 20 Mm -hmm. years. And also uh, really getting agitated or sensitive in aspects of your life and not understanding why. And so having someone, uh, especially on the guided microdosing sessions that I do, where they take a microdose and we get on a Zoom call and then I ask them um, a lot of questions that helps us get clarity on what's actually going on, they're much more open and they're much more um, allowing of that trauma or that stress that's locked in their body to somatically move up. So like maybe in other uh, therapeutic sessions or coaching sessions, it might be hard for them to move any energy because they don't feel like it's appropriate. Whereas when you're on a microdose, especially maybe a double of a microdose, uh, you're much more open to cry and you're much more open to sound or to um, move your body and shake it out. And if you have someone asking you questions because I'm away from you, but still have enough information to potentially ask the right question that gives you that aha moment, then we work with each other to essentially flip the narrative and understand how is that no longer serving you? How uh, did you develop that in the past, which made sense then, but doesn't now, what do we want to replace it with? And then after the fact, after that session, you actually have a way to integrate that information with your continued microdosing protocol. So you constantly Mm -hmm. think about that as you're rewiring your brain with your protocol. Wow. Okay. That's so cool. I love hearing the different perspectives and hearing it broke down because Um, the experience when you're having it, sometimes it's hard to put like explanation to what's going on. It's like, okay, something's happening. Things are changing. I'm feeling different, but not really maybe knowing, um, what, what's actually happening behind the scenes. And it sounds like having you there, like holding that space for keeping like redirecting Mm -hmm. the, the intention or the direction that maybe your client's wanting to go is really special. Yeah. I've noticed that, um, one of the two biggest things that I feel like I offer because the power is in the mushrooms, right? The power is in the person Mm -hmm. and I'm just reminding them of those things. It's Mm -hmm. a catalyst that they can utilize to remember their power. But one of the, like the two major things is that a lot of people would have stopped, um, because they might've had this, like, tense feeling and they didn't know what to do with it. And they just assume that it's giving them an anxiety and they don't think it's for them. And so they just stop where as if they had support and continuing on, they would have gotten past that first initial stage. And then they would have really hit that euphoria and bliss after moving that energy, but they don't really know how to do that by themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's just reminding them how to like, keep going, allowing them to process that. But then also, um, just, like my story work that I used to do with my video production, mm-hmm. like really reading their story or hearing their story and going, okay, let's edit that story. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, do this story instead and implant that story that is much, um, much better for, for you to move forward with, right? Because if you hold on to these old stories, it's very easy to get stuck. Whereas you can tweak them just a little bit to go, 
hmm, maybe I should just have empathy for my mom, forgive her and move on. Or maybe that's not who I am, even though everyone told me that in the past because they didn't understand me. It's these little nuanced tweaks that people just know in their soul. So it clicks in so easily with they, when they just have some support and someone telling them that. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. I can move forward with that information. Mm. Yeah. You're pretty much like guiding people into becoming alchemists and returning them to the, to the understanding that it already exists. They already have that power. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit in the power of alchemy and shifting and like, because when we are working with mushrooms specifically, it is rewiring the neural pathways or creating new space for, um, beliefs and, and things that are, you know, running our subconscious. And, um, I think, well, in in my experience, at least when I have worked with microdosing, things come up that like you're saying, you don't really know, Oh my gosh, why am I thinking about, and why is this surfacing from when I was, you know, 20 years old? And, uh, what do I want to replace that with Mm -hmm. if I don't, if I'm not, um, you know, if that story maybe wasn't even mine, maybe the story that's arising is a narrative that I consumed from a family member that passed along some unhealed trauma, or maybe it was a narrative that really stuck with me because of a moment in time that, um, I was really impacted by society's standards or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, 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 and actively shifting that into something new, which is the power of alchemy. Um, so the, the power of that, like, how does that, and how has it impacted your clients in their, in their business and their creative expression? Um, what does that look like to actually shift that narrative, to actually rewire that, that pathway into something that's more empowered, more in alignment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, we, we basically put it all out on the table and we understand, uh, is it something that actually happened to you? That is an Mm -hmm. actual trauma that we can understand, um, heal it and alchemize it into the fact that you are now an elder that experienced that. Now you can support others that go like that deal with that, or, uh, that it allowed you to have the stress in your life that is going to make you who you are. Right. Or is it this narrative that kind of was just like thrown on you that you really don't align with and that your soul doesn't align with, but for some reason you're holding on to because, of obligation to the society that you're in, uh, can we easily just drop that one, right? And so it's putting all the baggage on the table and understanding, okay, what is going to be easy for us to just reprogram on um, a surface level? Because we understand now that we've put it out in front of us that it's, it's not deep down inside of you. Whereas some of the other ones, we do need to turn into gold, right? We do need to understand them on a deep level. We need to gain power over them and then we can utilize it as a tool. Um, So I will say like, I didn't understand what alchemy was when I was first working with uh, myself in this like five years ago, but now I understand with a lot of training that this is alchemy and we are alchemists and we can turn our lives into 
this beautiful, dynamic, wonderful world. And a lot of times we let all of the weight that's on top of us kind of just weigh us down and make us feel very um, not creative, very stuck, very angry, very sad. Whereas if we drop some of the baggage, then we would be able to help others. We'd be able to help ourselves. We would be able to bring into the planet what we were meant to with our soul contracts. So yeah, it's, it's really just having the support to understand what is all inside of me. What do I want to keep and alchemize? What do I can like, what can I put off to the side that, that is not mine? Um, and how can I move forward with less um, baggage? Because it's, it's so much energy that we are using to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And when we decide to just drop it off, we can use that energy to actually turn our lives into what we want to. But without that vision and clarity, without being able to step away from yourself and your life enough to uh, see it all in front of you, it can feel very dark and deep and stuck. And so, and I'm sure with your experience, you've realized that that's what psychedelics offer Mm -hmm. is that ability to just step back just enough to have the vision of what's actually going on here. Mm. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing to, to, to think about it in that way. Like it is taking so much energy, so much life force, so much Mm -hmm. focus, so much creativity, even like you have to be pretty creative to figure out how can I, where can I Uh put this? How can I hide this? How can I put this somewhere else? Like we're using our creative life force. It's not like it disappeared and we have to find it somewhere. It's like, it's just being utilized by something else. It's being utilized by, um, something not productive. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, alleviating that, like, I don't know, pressure on yourself to have to, to use your life force so much to just put masks on, Um, releasing that. I think that's, uh, kind of an avenue we can talk about a little bit is, um, releasing that it has to go somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. um, how do you, how do you, um, kind of guide people or what would be the process of guiding people into, okay, we've unleashed this creativity. It ha- it's not being stolen from these, these narratives or these, these things we're trying to hide. Um, how do we funnel it into something? Because if it doesn't get funneled into something now, it's going to go seek something else to attach to seek something else to, you know, distract it. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of working with people. Um, cause, uh, all of those ruminations at night, the, what is the thousand things that can go wrong in my life? Uh, wh- what am I doing? Um, having this narrative around this person or around myself, all of a sudden they have so much energy and clarity and uh, ability. And they're like, I feel empty because I, I let out all of that stuff that I was holding onto and it feels uncomfortable. It feels like, what am I supposed to replace it with? What is actually going to help me going forward? And so, um, that's the the fun part that I feel the best about my work when I help people have so much of a better life than they would have potentially ever had because they never ask themselves important questions like, what do I want? And so when we 
ask those questions, a lot of times people have a zero idea, even though they think they know, (laughs) they know each other so well until I start asking questions. And then I start literally picking apart their answers because then I look at, well, do you actually want that? Or do you think that your mom wants you to have that? Or do you actually want that? Or do you think society has told you that you need that? Or do you actually want that? Or do you think it would be easier for your family dynamic? Right. And so kind of like, uh, pulling away to the very root of what someone wants and then building from that root or letting whatever grows from that root be the authentic self and then understanding what needs to happen in your environment for that beautiful little plant to grow. How can you ask for support from the people that love you? What can you do in your life to actually allow that to, to actually manifest? And those are the big things, right? That that people have zero clarity on what they want when they finally get it. They don't know how to actually ask for those things to actually happen. And sometimes they are so against how they're typically living that they feel like, oh God, I could never have that. But we owe it to ourselves and we need someone supporting us and telling us you can actually have that. You can actually work towards that. It's actually possible. You just need to do this, this, and this. You need to help be held accountable. You need to love yourself enough. You have to feel worthy. And that's where microdosing comes in. So we get this clarity and then the microdose helps reprogram that worthiness. It helps reprogram that sadness that you might have or that imposter syndrome that you might have. It allows you to actually visualize on a somatic level. Oh, I do think that that's possible. And, oh, I am worthy of that. And, oh, how will that help the world? I can actually get behind something like that because it's not just for me. And so those are the elements that I think that are missing when people feel a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like working on so many different levels, working on the level of like clearing, communicating, structuring, you're, you're, what, what did it, you're like literally redesigning Yeah, <laughs> your, uh, what did you say? The visionary life design. I'm like, Oh, that's so good because I think that's been the problem. And maybe how we got in such a mess mm-hmm. it, uh, in the world is there's been a lot of direction, but not consciousness. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of creation, but not like an end vision, right? It's like, we're just going to like make factories. We're going to make stuff. We're going to do stuff. And then it's like, where does that going? (laughs) Where, where does this all go? It was just like more, more, more. Yeah. I mean, I could go into a whole thing about that, but it's like we, and then like humans, we all were like, well, we want it. We think we want it. So give it to us. And Mm so that's how it happened. It was just like this crazy spiral of like, um, taking and creating without direction. There's no like where, what's next. So, um, maybe to kind of send us towards, towards the close of this, like, where do you think that, um, we're going now? Like, what do you see and in your work and, um, probably working with so many entrepreneurs and creative people, you get to kind of go into the mind of people who really care, people who really, um, desire to create in direction. So, um, where are you seeing, you know, life going and what's, what's next in a harmonious way that's integrated with, um, with the, the earth and being mindful and being conscious. Yeah. I think that 
we are these animals that want to move forward, that want to be innovative, that want to be creative. And I think in the 50s and 60s, it was very much, uh, they were probably a little bit lost. And we had this like, big entity come up and say, come this way, work mm -hmm. towards this, uh, this will benefit the greater good. Whereas uh, now we're seeing not so much. And um, that's why I like working with conscious entrepreneurs or helping entrepreneurs be a little bit more conscious. That's what I was definitely missing is that I was just chasing after money and status and like success, but it wasn't my version of success. It wasn't what I actually wanted to make sure I was healthy, connecting with people in a big way and actually impacting my community around me. And I think our generation and younger, we're starting to see people go, I want to use that brand because they stand for something that I believe in. I want to use that brand because they are conscious of the planet that they are leaving behind to everyone. I want to work with that person because they actually give credit to the indigenous people that they got this from. Like all of those things were not really done very much in the past from what I can tell. And I love seeing that moving forward. And I think that at first people think it's a little bit selfish to really go internal and understand on a soul level, what do I need? And then uh, utilize that gift for the planet after you've figured that out. And that's, I think, the healed version of forward. That's the, I feel lit up and turned on and excited and I want to help. I can work as much as I need to, because this doesn't feel like work and I can see the direct impact of how it affects my community or my house or my best friend or my one client. It's, it's much more on a focused level rather than just like anyone and everyone buy my thing. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's, why I love working with entrepreneurs because they are making the big decisions in how they make their products, how they make their services, how they market their goods. And that's why I kind of feel like my background in the branding really allows me to understand, okay, how do you want to tell your story? Who do you want to be showing up in the world? How are you actually going to get that to the people that need it? And then it really allows them to feel like they're taking their gifts to the world rather than just going, okay, now I have it. Now what? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit of the, the support and I just love how much I'm seeing healers and alchemists and coaches and guides come out and say, I want to help you with that. Uh, because we didn't really have that much support when we were younger at Texas State. We had no freaking clue what we were doing. Yeah. We, just went, we just went out into the world and followed all of the rules that they told us to. And now look at both of us. We're kind of like, yeah, that didn't really work for us. And now we want this new version of it. And we want a conscious version of it. And we want to heal our shit. And we want to connect with people in a deep way. And that's what success is to me. Even if it's 20 clients or 10 clients or whatever it is. And um, that's what I'm excited about moving forward. Yeah, it it is funny to think back at like the options because that's what I, I only went to school for two years. And I was like, I can't do this because I started going to like job fairs and like where you would go learn, like find out where you could intern and stuff. And in PR, it was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to go spend from now until I basically die writing things to cover people's asses and like 
um, basically being a writer, because I was in creative writing and I, I was a writer. And to me, I didn't see the option of being an author or being like writing short stories or being a poet. Like I didn't see mm-hmm. the path of that as being successful. It was like a hobby. It was like something you could do for fun. And um, what you needed to do to be successful was the stuff that was trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like so disheartened by that um that I quit and um I was like wow I don't really know what I was going to do and I ended up becoming a hairdresser mm-hmm. and was a hairdresser for I still am I own a salon and um for 15 years because I needed creativity and I needed connection and I needed to be able to help people and I needed to mm-hmm. see like my passion externalized and then, you know, that's how it all evolved for me was in that direction. But, um, it really seems like this direction forward and hearing you say that too, is like shrinking your world down. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I've said that people are like, but what about, but what about, but you know, and it's like, well, you can't affect that if you're not able to even take care of your family, you're, you can't affect that. If you don't feel good, you can't Mm -hmm. impact, you know, people in other countries that are suffering or, uh, people even outside of your own family, Yeah, if you can't take care of yourself. So yeah, it does kind of seem that way. I, I met this Christian or not Christian mystic. That was uh, a different, that's a different story, but this mystic woman, I don't even know if she's real mm-hmm. up in the woods of Northern Michigan. And she, um, did a reading for me. It was so weird. Like now we can't even get a hold of her. She like disappeared. Like we came find her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't even know if she was really, really, really real. Was it the microdose? Just kidding. <laughs> no. Well, maybe. I'm kidding. We, we, we actually, two, me and two of my girlfriends, we were, we were at a cabin on a lake at which then later on I found was on some ley lines and it's like mm-hmm. this energetic portal where, um, a, a, a lot of the Ojibwe and, um, Chippewa, uh, native Americans meet and do ceremony and stuff. Um, anyway, yeah. So powerful place. And we had done a mushroom journey Mm -hmm. the night before, and we were going to go canoeing and it was raining. (laughs) So we didn't, and we started driving into town, um, really small town. This is like way out. And there was a big sign said tarot readings, this old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And we're like, that's odd. (laughs) We're like, do we do we? And Mm -hmm. so we turn around and we go and we call the number. And this woman comes out and she's, or she, she answers and she's like, well, I can't do it. It's raining. And I normally do it on my porch. We're like, okay. Well, then she calls back. She's like, if you want to go on my porch, I'll do it. And we're like, okay. And so this woman turns out, she had been all around the world and studied with the 21 incarnations of Tara and India. And just, she works with the, the, the indigenous people who are local and all of these things. And she does this reading for me and she, you know, does our birth charts and all this stuff and does tarot and just starts channeling. I mean, it was wild. And she gives me this little piece of paper and tells me that this is the, the key of what we need to, that I'm supposed to help create as an indigo child. I'm supposed to help create this new world. And she gave me these instructions. I have not been, we tried to reach back out to her, can't find her, can't answer nothing. And I have this little piece of paper and she basically said, we need to start creating smaller communities. We have to, um, 
focus on smaller, smaller, smaller. Everything has to be smaller. We've gone too big, too global, too um, everything being like, you can't serve the entire world the same. Everything needs to go smaller into segments. And so just hearing you talk about that and like <laughs> the awareness that I've been having and it, it can feel limiting. Sometimes I think people feel like, well, I want to do more. I want to help more. I want to expand more when really maybe we should be going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was hard for me. I was redlining myself and wanting big picture everything for so long. Mm. And so it was really against my nature to go internal. Like I'm a Sagittarius. I just want to like go everywhere, (laughs) see big, travel the world. And, uh, I was really sick. Like if I'm honest with myself, mentally, physically, emotionally, and that's why we left. I was just way too big and trying to touch too many people, trying to make myself bigger than I needed to be. And we just moved out to the middle of nowhere and everything was quiet. And I was like, who am I really? And what am I actually going to do? And how do I fill my cup so it overflows to other people? And that was like a very weird concept to me. Um, And now it does not feel limiting at all. It feels right. It feels like my nervous system is uh, much more resourced and I can handle bigger things now because I am a lot more solid than I was when I spread myself so thin. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is the message that we should be giving people listening to this is I like, know. chill for a second chill. <laughs> and just love yourself for a minute and uh, look internally and understand what needs to be worked out so that you can show up in your community. And it's enough to be amazing in your house and mm-hmm. in your family and with your close group of friends and with your, uh, job. So yeah, I, I love that, that message. And I love your story. I want to find, there's <laughs> apparently some Appalachian, which is out here. Oh, I bet. And I just know one day I'm going to stumble across one and, um, uh, they're going to blow my mind. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been out there yet out, out that way. Um, but my, I just recently did some like family history stuff on my mom's side and we never really knew that my mom grew up in Ohio. And whenever I would ask them about like my great, my great grandparents, my great, great grandparents beyond like my grandparents that I know they're like, Oh, they're just mountain people from West Virginia. They're just from West, you know, they would just, that's what they would say. Like they didn't know. Nobody knew, nobody knew anything. I have a really weird story to tell you in a second uh, in regards to that. Yeah. So my, one of my grandma's cousins or something ended up doing like a family lineage thing as far back as they could go, which went back to, um, like 1896 or something like beginning of the 1900s. And it was as far back as they could go on my, my grandma's side. And it was this German man who came here, had a tiny little house and married a native American woman and her, her mom or her, her grandmother was the, um, medicine woman and worked with herbs and worked with plants and work, you know? And so, um, just like little secrets like that have been showing up and finding, finding their way, like all these like little magic, magical things, all these mystical things. Cause 
at least I've been on a journey of like, who am I? Like, I know, I know who I am, but I, but I don't know who I am because we've, I've been so melded and there's so many different lineages and so many different directions of people. Um, and so finding out those things has been such a magical experience of like, when you start to, to bring yourself closer to your, you know, narrow down your world a little bit, come inward and, and make it a little bit more close to home, like close Mm -hmm. to your heart you start to find out all these magical secrets and all of these really cool insights. And definitely microdosing has helped me do that too. Just like be able to go more internal and, um, connect. And I mean, obviously people in our past are no longer physically here. I can't like call them up and be like, Hey, I want to learn about, I know it's been like a hundred years, but can I learn about plants from you? Uh-huh. No. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we can do that in in another sense. We can do that in um, more of this unseen realm and and in a deeper state. And psychedelics has been such a gift in that way of helping like connect to that that part um, where we do have access to so much information. We have access mm-hmm. to so much that's like in us. Um, yeah, it's it's little bits of information like that that make all the difference in the world, like knowing that you can call yourself a med, you are a medicine woman, right? Like before knowing that you're in a long line of medicine women, or it started with a medicine woman, you might've been a little apprehensive, but we all are medicine women. Women are always the ones to nurture and care for Mm -hmm. and utilize the resources around us to help our families. And reminding us that we are medicine women is really going to change the world in, in my opinion. and then also understanding like how far back, like you have the same amount of cells in your womb since you were like before you were born. So like essentially your grandmother was in your great grandmother's womb and you were in your mother's womb when she was in your great grandmother. It's like crazy to think about all that. And all that information is downloaded into you. So like, then you start having these aha moments and you start really working with certain materials that you're like, feel like you've been working with them for a hundred years. And it's kind of like, that might be why. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a similar thing happen where I had never been to Virginia before I had been in Texas my whole life. I knew my mom's lineage, which was very like gypsy. And I was like, Ooh, that's cool. But my dad's <laughs> felt like very like white. <laughs> it's just like a Norwegian and, and Irish. But once I moved out here, my aunt did that ancestry, like um, tracking. Yeah. And it turns out that my family landed here uh, 30 minutes from where I landed in Virginia. Whoa. And owned a lot of land in this area. There's a Finney, like it's literally my last name is here. And my partner picked this off of the map because it had like acreage, land, water, and high-speed internet. Like <laughs> we both did not know anything about Virginia. It wasn't until I drove in with a U-Haul that I had ever been here. But come to find out, 30 minutes from where I'm sitting, my family landed here and lived here from the 1870s this home is 1874 built whoa so this house was here when my family was 30 minutes from here and i'm just like that is weird yeah it's like i'm coming back to either 
make up for something they did or something that they haven't finished yet. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just find it very odd and very coincidental. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's very interesting when you start believing in magic, how much shows up in front of you. Yeah. It, it it's so cool how, um, energy leads us into like these, you know, it's like you, some people need to see it to believe it. It's almost like that. Like our physical reality is starting to reflect what we deeply, like our truest, deepest knowing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can now kind of see it in, in physical ways where someone else might be to be like, it's a house. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> this is, this is a, this is a, I'm in a portal. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a, some sort of, you know, time, you know, I don't know, blended experience where, um, something's supposed to be here and I'm, I'm supposed to know this so that I could see it with my own eyes. And, um, it's so cool. And I, I, I really do think that the deeper you go and it's kind of weird now getting into saying like spiritual path or something, it's so much different than that. I don't even know how we can start explaining it, but, um, being courageous enough maybe to continuously keep awakening to deeper truths, um, without trying to find anything, maybe, you know, without like seeking some sort of end answer, but, um, keep following that, following that thing. Um, I mean, I, I really think it leads into these, like, I, I did not know. I honestly didn't know that much about you. I was like, she seems amazing. I really love what she's doing. I would want, really want to talk to her. And we were at the same place at the same time. I mean, and I also met another woman when I was in Austin. Um, I went to, uh, the church of the sacred, sacred womb. Oh yeah. That's who started me on my path. Honestly, Astra. Yeah. Okay. So she was at Texas state the same time as we were. I too. know I knew her. You did. I did. Okay. So I knew that's her so funny. way, way before, but she was always this bright light. She always wore those bright colors and I always loved her. And I saw her in Austin a lot. And then when she really started owning Austra and coming into her medicine woman self that I trusted her so much because I had known her for so long, but yeah, that's when I was like medicine and women and plants and all of this are going to actually be the thing that could turn this crazy train around. <laughs> wow. That's really funny that, you know, her. I didn't know her. I ended up, uh, going to a ceremony at their space and we, her and I kept like looking at each other mm -hmm. and, you know, she's so, she's luminous. Mm -hmm. And, um, she said, you know, where have you? I was like, well, I just flew in from Michigan. My sister still lives in Austin and I was staying at her house and she, she was like, are you from here? And I'm like, well, I used to live here. And she's like, where'd you live? I was like, well, I went to Texas state. She was like, me too. When? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, same exact time. And we're like, Whoa. So that there's something there yeah. too. I don't know. You know, I, I think that those are just reminders. We're in the right place at the right time. We're doing the right thing. We're talking yeah. about the, the right things right here. You heard it. The first. nods, the nods from the universe. Uh -huh. And it, it makes me so happy that three girls from Texas state could be where they are right now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm going to have to tell her that because this is so funny. Um, she'll love that. Um, well, it was so wonderful talking to you Bijou and mm. this has been a great conversation. I know everyone listening, you guys are probably like having as much fun as us and don't want to leave, but I'm going to drop down in the show notes, 
all the ways that they can connect with you and um, work with you if they're interested in in doing uh, microdosing and integration into your business. Um, So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's so nice to know you again, because I'm sure we probably touched timelines uh, before. (laughs) I'm sure that it'd be so funny. Like, you know, those movies where they're like flashback to like moments where you like cross paths but you didn't know, like, I wish Mm -hmm. we could see that. Maybe I'll have to meditate on that. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're going to be in the background of one of my college photos or something. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Where would I be? Yeah. Those are gone. Those are not out on the internet anymore. Don't worry. Yeah. Hopefully those are off Facebook or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook. I still have my txstate.edu like email oh. as my login for Facebook. <laughs> Do they, can you still access that email? No, but okay. it's like, it just like encoded as like, okay. that's the email that I have to use. And, um, I just never changed it and I don't go on Facebook. Yeah. So it just is there, but it's still there. Still there. Eat them up cats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>